Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast with your hosts, the Battle Bros, Taylor and Isaac. What's up, Isaac? Yeah, I'm back. You're back. You made it. Yeah, I missed it. You did. Cool. How's it going? How was your holidays? Uh, It was pretty good. We spent Christmas together. We did. Yeah. Um, Not playing fab, though. Just doing friend, family Totally. Copious amounts of drinking. Yes. Yeah, I I made... I got pretty excited about Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) That you did. Um, I wound up making a uh, delicious punch for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, lots of vodka, not normally my thing, but went for it. Um, and then we wound up staying in, up really late and we did like a destiny draft cube. Yeah. That was pretty fun. After our partners went to bed. So pretty, that, pretty pickled for that one. I won though. <laughs> you did. I won. <laughs> yeah. I went to bed before your victory. So congratulations. Thanks. O- officially. Thank you. On the podcast. Yeah. We, uh, um, the COVID situation is pretty bad. We're not specifically where we live, but in the U.S. in general. So we did not really uh, do any family um, gatherings this year. First time ever for me, maybe. But um, you and yeah. I and uh, our, my girlfriend, your wife, and my sister and uh, her boyfriend all got together. Yeah. It the was only the, people we see ever. The battle bros and our partners. Totally. Yeah. Mitch was there. Troy was there. It was great. We had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I got some Christmas cheer in this weird year, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, and then New Year's happened. Uh, my friend Thomas, who you guys know from previous episodes, came down and uh, we hung out, played some fab, played some other games, and uh, here we are. Thomas still loves fab. He still does, even though I gave him a royal beatdown. It's like hard, man. You just got to lose like 50 games mm-hmm. and then you finally kind of get it and yeah. start playing. He, and he's like, I'm going to play wizard. I was like, okay, here we go. And then, yeah, good. There, yeah, good luck. There we went, you know, he's well, still got high spirits. So I started playing with Ranger and you just kicked the shit out of me with Warrior every single time yeah. for like 15 games or something and then started to. Like, understand. You just gotta do it. Gotta do it. Exactly. Um, Anyway, today, uh, well, I guess a couple of things. So, news, right? So, we usually start the podcast out with some news. So, first up, flesh and blood news. Uh, LSS announced that there will be a reprint of Welcome to Wraith and um, Arcade Rising. That's the second set. Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah. Unlimited are coming basically at the end-ish of January, beginning of February for most regions, the New Zealand area, Europe, and the U.S. Yeah, um, all the release dates by region are listed on their website if you really chop it at the bit, you know? Yep, Um, totally. I'm sure your local store or a website you're following maybe has also put out a uh, notice that product is coming and that you can pre-order it. And that sort of thing. So get on it. Make it happen. Uh, let's see. News with us. So we've started a YouTube channel now. So if you haven't seen our one video that we have up, um, it's pretty fun. Just a casual game. Go check that out. You just search on YouTube, the Attack Action Podcast. 
And lo and behold, we're the first thing that comes up and the only thing. <laughs> totally. And with uh, more videos to come, mm-hmm. we're currently recording commentary. You know, we're working on it. Just a little break for the holidays. And now we're uh, back at it. Yeah, exactly. So our uh, kind of outlook for the podcast moving forward is we, um, we're going to keep doing our two podcasts a month. Uh, as we normally do, um, close listeners of the podcast, we should really come up with a name for our fan group, right? <laughs> so like, uh, I can't think of other podcasts. So there's this, once upon a time, there's this niche podcast, The Indoor Kids with Kumail Nanjiani, comedian, and his wife, Emily V. Gordon, author. And at his live comedy shows on the podcast she would say weird shit like oh yeah my fans will be there too they're the eagle eye spotters or whatever she just randomly came up with that and she's like yep bring your shampoo bottles and i'll sign them and then people started showing up at kumail's uh stand-up shows with shampoo bottles for his wife emily to sign right and they were called the eagle eye spotters awesome totally so like the deadheads of (laughs) <laughs> yeah pod- whatever yeah <laughs> totally so the 50-ish people who have subscribed to our podcast um hit us up and let us know what you would all like to be called yeah i'll sign a shampoo bottle I'm- <laughs> yeah we don't care <laughs> sign whatever you want contractual paper or whatever um now i've really gone off the rails so we have a youtube channel right back gonna, to youtube we're gonna be putting out videos two to three a month our two podcasts a month, potentially more. We have some interviews set up with some special guests. Um, probably the the one that's going to come out first is going to be with the author uh, or the designer developer of the Pitch Zone, the new deck builder that's online. Um, so we will be interviewing that person. Right, and let me just uh, sing the praises of the pitch zone. Oh, sure. Moment here. This okay. deck builder me, 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 is like real slick. Yeah, oh yeah, it's really you know, great. It like it's really easy to use and um it has a lot of features that make it pretty pretty fast and intuitive. It's not laggy at all, you know, it's just it's like pretty pretty crisp. Yeah, I'm pretty blown away with it. Now I reached out um on Discord to see if we could interview um the developer and that sort of thing and they agreed so we're going to be doing that um yeah we and we're not sponsored by that at all or anything we just think uh-huh. it's great that there's um parody totally. in, in we, the deck building space i mean know? we liked it so much we like bumped matt rogers back again you know yeah totally told him we'll get him on here though one of these days yeah sorry champ you gotta <laughs> we don't got time for you right now <laughs> um all right, we, what else we got going we, on? We also have an Instagram page. So if right. you search the Attack Action Podcast or at the Attack Action Podcast on Instagram, we're on there. We will have a post. So this will be fun, right? So if you're paying attention and follow us on the podcast. Are you posting right now? No, I'm going to take a photo of us, right? And then I will post that on our Instagram page live. Or like I'm taking a live photo of us. Nice. As as I speak, here it is. Woo! Oh, ooh, spoiler. So there it is. So that'll be on our Instagram page for uh, 
the notification of the release of this episode. Nice, yeah, you're so good at gramming. <laughs> Nailed it. Thanks, bro. <laughs> um, okay, so our I think that's it for news, right? I mean, I like looked. There's not a lot going on, you know. Yeah. Um, totally. I mean, there's like there's stuff coming up, right? Like the calling. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can cover that in later. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to that in session. Blood will do a better job than us anyway, and we'll have, yeah. you know, five minutes of material on that. Well, they later they're there. Yeah, it totally really helps. Hopefully, winning. You guys can do it. Rune blood. Rune rune blade. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about our tournament recap from December. Right. So, um, our faithful listeners, whatever name to be announced later, um, and everybody else, and everybody else. Not just oh, the right. Hardcore. Thank you. Shout out. To, so last episode, I shouted out all our listeners from Finland. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. We're shouting out our listeners from Germany today. I just looked, and we have a grip of German listeners. Thank you. Appreciate it. Way to be here. Yeah, we have listeners from a number of different places, which is really cool. Yeah. It's cool that this game is uh, spreading. Yep. And, yeah, the Netherlands, we got a couple of, I think I've already shouted you guys out, but if I haven't, Great job. Get at us on Facebook. Let me know what's going on with you guys. And Denmark. We got some listeners from Denmark. Amazing. Keep it up, guys. Love to hear from you. Excellent. Okay, so tournament recap. So if you've been listening closely, you've probably been waiting for this moment for a very long time. So we had a tournament with the Battle Bros. There's four of us. And we played... I don't know if the format has a, an official name, but the, what we did was, was we each brought one deck. And then we wrote on a piece of paper that deck and then threw those into a hat. And then each one of us drew randomly a deck from that hat. Right. It was a test of piloting. Right. Because you played that night with the random deck you drew out of the hat. Yep. And then the next day you played with the deck you brought. Right. So you, and none of us know what deck the other players are going to bring. At you know. Yeah. The, I think. Um, spoiler: I did not do very well, but maybe just as fun as playing was all of the conversations with you and Troy and Mitch, like theorizing what everybody was going to try to bring <laughs> yeah, to try totally. to figure out how to build a deck to sandbag you, but then also allow me to win right yeah like you have to get some wins yeah. on your day yeah but you don't want your opponent to have a strong deck the night before right yeah you know so uh how it broke down is i pulled wizard out of the hat which was a big heartbreaker because there was brute was in the field guardian was in the field and then i threw in rune blade um and so troy wound up playing my rune blade deck Mitch played your Brute deck, and you played Troy's Guardian deck. Right. And uh, so how about you talk about you talk about what happened? Um, so Mitch was the real wild card <laughs> in this scenario. because So Mitch plays Wizard and Ninja, as most of you probably know by now. And uh, uh, I don't know. I think most of us thought he would bring Ninja because we were playing Classic Constructed. And mm-hmm. it's just hard to get wins with Wizard, uh, which Mitch did get a win. 
Um, but you know, it's a learning process. Um, so we thought he would all bring ninja, and if he had, I think the night would have been, or the whole tournament would have been a lot more balanced. Um, but with the wizard wrench thrown in there it really tilted everything totally it was crazy i so i had no problem playing wizard i had a lot of fun but it was super fun to pilot i got so unlucky so like against you you're playing guardian turn one you play showtime get crippling crush so i get crippling crushed dominated my second turn of the game yeah i've never played guardian before it's pretty fun to just (laughs) smash the be yeah. invincible and smash your opponents to death. And then like turn three or turn four, you just drew into another crippling crush and hit me again. Or that first crippling crush, you pummeled it. And it was yeah. just like, what am I supposed to do? And then I played Mitch Brute and he just like, I fr- he blood rushed bellows me first turn also. I just like couldn't get any footing as the wizard. And then yeah. against my Viscerai deck, I like just lost. Right? Yeah. That was like my best that one game. Went long. But yeah. I went oh oh three as wizard and only had one close game. Yeah. Yeah. And um so I brought my brute deck I brought is uh I think that I, I would have liked to bring Azalea to this tournament actually, because of a test of piloting. I think that would have been the bigger gap. Um but this new Claws Brute deck is one I'm trying to test and build. And I thought it would be because it's kind of a combo deck and has some really off turns, I thought it would be like tough enough to play if you've never played it that my uh, whoever drew it would, you know, have a hard enough time. Um, I think Mitch went two and three with it though. Um, found it. No, he went two and one. Or sorry, sorry, he lost two and to, one. Lost yeah, to you, yeah. beat everybody else. Yeah. Right. So uh, my plan did not work out that great, but I was fortunate in that I drew the guardian deck, probably the other strongest deck there definitely yeah i went three and oh on the night yep yeah matchup wise it was uh the had the easiest time for sure right like if uh there had been ninja or warrior in the pool then guardian might have gotten more losses you know what i mean yeah at least had a tougher time for sure yeah um so then we move to day two everybody gets their deck back and uh i had close games as Viscerai, but then just did not win also, which was unfortunate because I put a lot of time into that deck. Yeah, that and, was a rough day. And playing it. It was really tough. Yeah, it was like you draw a wizard and you're just like, dang, I'm pretty sure I'm not winning this tournament, which was fine. I had fun that day and the second day was a real slog of a day. Those were like all my worst matchups. Not wizard really, but Mitch pulled one out and... Killed me with 15 health left. Yeah, it was a classic wizard. Totally. Setting it up and gambling off the top, and then he he hit it. He just went for it, got me exactly, which sucked. But it was fine. Happy for him to get a win. And then I got uh, fatigued out by Guardian, but that game was close. And then somehow survived um, three blood rush bellows really early in the game against you but then lost to reckless swing at the end of the game which was like just the i don't know the black eye my second black eye i guess of the tournament it felt like first one was having to play wizard and (laughs) and knowing i'm not gonna win 
this competitive friendly tournament and then just getting reckless swinged at the end yeah reckless swing is a very fun great card but it's like a real real dick punch of a card to <laughs> totally. your opponent you <laughs> totally. know like yeah. oh, it's pretty God. cruel um i went two and two and one on that day i lost to guardian again um i keep thinking my role as brute is to be the aggro deck against guardian but it's like uh again this is a this deck is a work in progress but um when i intimidate his hand then guardian just swings back with a five card hand every turn and uh his crippling effects and just like having a full hand is too good yeah his um, crush effects and stuff yeah, yeah and we had just talked about like okay watch out a nothos will he'll swing at you for four and then red pummel it and then you'll just take oh, yeah. 10. And then a note those checks for damage. and Yeah, totally. And then it goes up to yeah. 6 and 10. Yeah. And then what happened? And then you, I forgot. Yeah, and it did that to you. Yeah. I was like, I'm always pretty tilted playing Guardian because it's a bad matchup for both of my decks. Yeah. So I'm, I go into it pretty intimidated, which is not the way to go into a game. Totally. But, but I I went 5-1 and one Yeah. total. Yeah. Um, played with the two best decks brought, probably. Definitely, um, yeah. And you're the champ. You're the champ until our next tournament. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Can you hear the crowds cheering? <laughs> no, it's great. It's just, uh, I kind of, I feel like I earned it, but not, you know, I just like played with the two best decks people brought. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like uh, I brought one, you know, dark horse deck right. and then surprised well, everybody it, and won via skill. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it, like, it could have turned out differently. Troy rolled a die to figure out what deck he was going to build that in that moment. Right. He did. Yeah. He came with a few ideas, rolled a die and was like, all right, there it is. And it just happened to be like his, you know, his really good. I think his best deck. Really. Well, well tested. Yeah. Yeah. The one he put the most time into. Um, Wizard funny. almost beat me. Or Mitch almost beat me with Wizard um, yeah. against Brute. I got a little tilted, and he was just like slamming through damage, and I was just like waiting for a combo, and I was like, so how do I get the momentum back when he gets two turns in a row? What is happening, you know? <laughs> it was so funny. Me and Mitch were talking that morning. He was like, I just went to bed dreaming of all of the scenarios of how to beat Isaac. And he was like, and he said like, oh man, it all lined up perfectly except for right at the end totally for him to yeah. beat you god that would have been crazy yeah sidebar though troy's deck was undefeated troy yeah. went 3-0 when he piloted his own guardian deck and you went 3-0 with it so it did not lose yeah that guardian deck is mean it's like i mean again i think if you play like warrior or ninja or maybe like wide ranger or what you know there are decks that can definitely beat it yeah but yeah. against all the other decks that deck is it's mean. It's like yeah, pretty good. Definitely. You know. So there it is. Isaac's the champ. Um, good thing. Took us long enough to win a tournament as uh, podcasters about the game. So I'll take the assist on that one. Thanks. Since I'm your co-host. And you're my co-host. Thanks, co-host. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so let's uh, transition into kind of our main topic for this episode so we're going to talk about kind of we're gonna you know back and forth about the kind of state of the game and then theorize a bit more about um monarch in that release right so that's like that's four months away 
So let's talk about the state of the game right now. Yeah, four months. Yeah, Monarch got bumped back a month. And it's at the end. In case anybody didn't notice. It's literally the last day in April. Yeah. (laughs) Might as well be in May. Might as well be in June. Which is fine. There's bigger problems, but I just really wish it was coming out sooner. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there was an interesting... I watched uh, Sidebar again. Um, I've told you this, but the listeners maybe don't know. There's an interview on YouTube with uh, James White, and he talks about in that how um, Monarch was... At that time of his that interview, he said that it's coming out in February, right? But pandemic, etc. Right. right? Obviously, it's gotten bumped back because of those things. Or they've decided to hold on to it. And hopefully now with like vaccines and stuff, that when it releases, it'll have uh, a different type of reception where people can actually play in the flesh and blood with it. Yeah, and they released a statement actually, um, in part thanking their uh, their card manufacturer for like staying open and just diligently manufacturing all of these. Yeah, because I think Crucible was printed in August, and anyway, you know they're they're trying over there, you know, yeah. getting it out to us. Yeah, totally. They're I mean everybody is doing the best we can in these really weird times, so. Okay, state of the game, Isaac. What do you see out there in the internet, in the ether, in the aether? Um, so this may be due just to the uh, bubble of the internet, but the the thing you, or I see most online is just uh, the just rampant uh, price hike in cards, right? You know, and unavailable unavailability of cards at the moment um again there you know there are plenty of people playing casually i'm sure and uh you know not voicing it online but um that seems to be the current in uh you know environment out there yeah it seems like the two biggest posts right we see on discord i mean discord had to make a separate channel right for uh card price speculation and other things and then now the Facebook page has now a separate discussion for prices and, and that sort of thing. So that's like kind of the main thing we see out there is people talking about the prices of boxes, of individual cards, the availability of cards. And then we also see just like new players every day. I log on, I see another new player like, hi, new to the game, asking this rules question or hi, where do I start? Right. So that sort of thing. So those things are um, potentially a dangerous combination. Right. Like new people trying to get into the game. Product isn't available. um, And so that kind of makes it so you don't want to get into the game or your interest in it. Right. Could wane. Right. That coupled with uh, COVID restrictions or whatever already right. makes it hard enough to play, and then you can't find cards. Right. Um, it is really fortunate that um, the second print release of the Unlimited runs is coming out so soon to uh, yeah. you know meet this demand. Yeah. I mean, and one of the things I mentioned on our last episode, which you weren't there for, but I think it's the like internet, right, can kind of make things seem bigger than they really are 
Right. And so my kind of theory is that there are still, because we still see plenty of posts of just got my hands on XYZ cards or whatever, learning how to play, right? That there are still plenty of players able to get their hands on products and still picking up the game. Right. Right. It's just not like as flush of a market as we would like to see, which is, I think, okay. You know, that if there's still plenty of people able to um, get cards enough to be able to post. Right. But then, of course, we get into the um, if the Internet is telling us that prices and the availability of product is way worse than we think it is then maybe we're having the same thing happen with new players right there's more new players than we think there are right and i mean i also think that uh you know like uh crucible was printed in august yeah before the game really started blowing up right so even uh even with this third set which they printed much more of the first run um, they, you know, I think we're printing to their speculated demand right. and just didn't foresee how much it would blow up. So by the time Crucible was released and the game was really popular, you know, they had already printed it quite a while ago. And, um, you know, I, LSS is also, I know, trying to protect the secondary market, but I think it's just mostly this uh, crazy fast ramp up in demand that they... Uh, did not expect yeah i mean i think it's a couple of things right so i think a um we're amidst a pandemic still right so you can't really play too many games but what you can do is buy shit you know yeah plenty of time to do that (laughs) plenty of time to do that and then see oh if i buy this shit it might be worth more right that's the thing i could do with this game that sounds fun (laughs) Totally. You know, so that's one thing. The um, other thing. Oh, dang. I lost my train of thought there. Well, one problem I see (laughs) is like, so when, uh, you know, if like first edition cold foil, you know, whatever legendary cards are worth 2,500 bucks or 1,500 bucks or whatever. Fine. Great. That's like a collector's item. Um, The... I think the unfortunate side of this is that even like crucible boxes, which were supposed to be printed, you know, they were supposed to have printed enough crucible boxes for all these new players to get involved are now going for 500 bucks or new players. And I don't know how valid this is, but new players complain that they can't find unlimited boxes anywhere or unlimited boxes are even being sold for, you know, a hundred or 120 bucks each just because of demand. Right. And those don't have any collectability or, um, you know, investment value. They're just being priced up because they're more rare. Right. Um, so it's like unfortunate to see people are like dying to get into the game and just mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. And that's my other point, right? Is that we have a history of TCGs, CCGs, whatever, in their infancy and then how popular they become and how much those cards at the birth of the game wind up becoming right Right. so we see like even in pokemon right uh, the uh like a booster pack right for first edition is like 30 bucks you know what i mean 
of like the very first set of 151 Pokemon. Um, and people have talked about this in Magic too. Like anybody who invested early in that right now, like those things are worth a lot more. So, so there's that also leads into people wanting to invest in this thing early and then be like, oh, cool. I will then be able to have a down payment on my house when I sell this one card. Totally. Right? In that, and that might not be the case. Right. 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 It could or, still be a very popular game, but it might not ever be um, something like Magic the Gathering or uh, Pokemon or that sort of thing. You know right. what I mean? But people think it could be. So that is like another reason because you have that history of previous card games. Right. Right. To, and to purchase. You can't really blame investors for investing in something that they speculate will go up. I mean, yeah. that's just the nature of people and markets, right. you know, but yeah. um, it's just like unfortunate. Like I was uh, really happy to see the unlimited sets arrive because like a, these legendary cards that are pretty essential to play competitively or against players who have other legendary cards right. um, dropped in price from, you know, 250 or 650 down to like 80, 90 bucks each. Um, which is much more affordable and reasonable. Um, so that was great. You know, like the unlimited run coming out and then players can just play and collectors mm -hmm. can collect the first edition copies. Yes. You know, yeah. um, you know, again, hoarding crucible boxes because they may be uh, worth something in the future is like totally understandable. It's <laughs> right. just unfortunate that also other, unfortunate. other yeah. new players are just looking for they don't care if it's first edition Crucible. They would yeah. like any cards to play with. And LSS has to know that, right? And will reprint any cards, in my opinion, in other sets, right? Other yeah. games have done that. Reprinted staple cards right. in later boosters, uh, later product that are essential to the game so new players can get in at that product rather than trying to find other products. Hopefully not too many reprints. Yeah, but, I mean... It, yeah. But yeah, agreed. Essential right. cards. Yeah. yeah, totally. And it's fine because uh, we'll figure out what to do with those and that sort of thing. Okay, so how about, like, from a gameplay standpoint, what do we what do we see out there with the state of the game right now? You have any thoughts on that? I have some thoughts on that. Uh, go for it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, I suppose, is that so, like, really only New Zealand, at least for my algorithm and the immediate circle of fab players I have around me, only see the New Zealand meta, really. Right. You know? Like, you can kind of see what um, other countries are doing, like in Malaysia and Taiwan on um, Flesh and Blood's website, see their deck lists and that sort of thing, which are definitely way different than the New Zealand meta, but we just don't get to see and any the tournament results and all yeah, that. Yeah, totally. But, but those are the only three. Right. I yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so New, New Zealand, in my opinion, has been, at least for me, a, a trendsetter, right? And seems to be kind of like, you know, telling the world how classes are played, cards are played, and that sort of thing. Totally. But it's also, uh, the game was born there. 
Yeah. They may have the most tournaments there, and it's also another English-speaking country. Right. Yeah. So that so may reach it, us better. Yeah, exactly. But so my point is, is that I think that the game is more diverse than we think it is. Right. Right. Like if we were to see, because this have I talk to you about this all the time. Like the all it takes is one person to win some sort of event, and then for people that have less time than that person to test and prepare at the next event, we'll just copy that deck. Oh right? yeah. definitely. And then, so now you get an influx of that deck list or that hero at the next thing in that, like perpetuates its um, effectiveness within the meta. Right. That's why we call things metas and, and, and that sort of thing. So my, my point is, is we see a very kind of control heavy, meta in new zealand and that that might not be the only way that all of those cards are going to be played right or that the popularity of certain classes might be different if we had a worldwide meta right like uh warrior was pretty popular and then uh turtle ninja or ninja turtle what whatever it's yeah. called yeah you know it was just built to beat that Mm-hmm. It was like very clever and a good deck. And um, yeah, I see this. Uh, it's like I feel so grateful that New Zealand and Malaysia and Taiwan um, do have a meta mm-hmm. and a scene because we're able to. I mean, it's pretty quiet out here for the rest of us out in the world. <laughs> yeah. As far as, um, you know, there's there's a few players on Discord who talk about what they've found. But it seems like there are a lot of just like islands out there, like we are, um, of a few friends playing together. But there's no uh, store events, no regionals, no anything. So it's like really nice for us to see um, like meta develop in New Zealand, in Taiwan, and Malaysia, and uh, get to see the evolution of their decks and their play styles and they how they counter each other and all these different things. Um, but on the the other side of that coin is like you were talking about the you know the New Zealand meta is very control and they're kind of developed to play against each other mm-hmm. whereas the Malaysian meta is very aggro or Taiwan right the it's results Taiwan. we saw from, from right, Taiwan right. yeah um, you know plays a much different style and I'm sure the best players yeah, are like... developing decks to counter each other there so with uh, if this was the case across the globe in every country and then with international play, you would see these different relatively small bubbles and metas pitted against each other and it would kind of, you know, even out. Everybody would figure out which styles can combat which styles and then you would have to develop a, uh, a system or a deck to be able to um survive in these different metas yeah definitely right and and we you know and we do see that in other games right like when you when you look at pokemon um everybody is talking about decks that are getting traction right and that sort of thing it's a little different because they have like an online client that you can play with right so you can get like a ton of reps in that way um and that sort of thing but um i guess my overall point right is that worldwide whatever country you're in 
um, whatever state in the U.S. you're in, um, your meta is not solved just because there is one country doing all the heavy lifting for you competitively, right? Like, don't think that you can't play Dash a certain way because Matt Rogers has won with a certain Dash style of play, right? Right. I guess that's my my point about the state of the game is that um, it is behind in terms of the years the game has been out in terms totally. of like uh, diversity of play in that sort of thing. Right. It's like it's uh, I guess meta evolution. Yeah. Has been slowed down because nobody's ever able to play each other. Right. Except in these few places, but they're only able to play each other within that space. Yeah. Um, like our meta is like pretty aggro, I think. Right. Like even even Troy's Guardian deck, he like, uh, I think he runs nine pummels. He might run six. Yeah. He's trying to big swing you, not just club you to death. Right, yeah. Or he's like way less of a setup guardian weight player, and he's much right. more proactive with his play style than um, other guardian deck lists and games I have seen. Right. right? So um, that's just how our meta is. Yeah, and know? again, like you said, when uh, in any local space, when somebody does really well with a deck or a few players do a little really well i mean players inevitably i mean for good reason kind of copy that deck and maybe trying to adapt it to their own style or make their own tweaks but they're you know working within the framework of that Mm -hmm. deck you know often and um you know it it doesn't mean that you know that wizard or ranger or runeblade or guardian or whatever are not good you know, like I've had quite a bit of success with Ranger. Hmm. You know, um, oh, that guy in uh, New Zealand just beat Matt Rogers and went undefeated. He's a wizard, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in Swiss, and then lost to Matt Rogers in the rematch in the final with Wizard in Classic. Oh yeah, Jesse Watts. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's a great example. Like Wizard in Classic constructed, uh, pretty much didn't exist. You know, in the known meta, right? And then he shows up and burns everybody to the ground. Yeah, totally. Um, um, so that's a good example of, you know, and myself included, had dismissed Wizard as too difficult to play or too hard to crack or underpowered or whatever in Classic Constructed. And uh, Mitch is kind of developing it as well. And it becomes, like, pretty scary. And, like, you know, any of these characters you d- put enough effort into um, can definitely play very well. So I guess don't just get pigeonholed into your own meta or, you know, the the meta you're reading about online because it, it's like so it's such a little sample. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even Jesse Watts himself, right, on his tournament report, talked about how he omitted certain cards because they don't fit his kind of preferred playstyle for the deck, right? And mm-hmm. they might be considered by some like so it's Aether Spindle that he doesn't run. Um which allows you to opt cards off the top of your deck to the equal to the amount of damage you dealt, right? Seems pretty good, but he just doesn't run it and it, cause it doesn't fit his play style. And I think that is a really good lesson, right? To, um, tailor the deck to your play style, right? Which is really hard to do 
when you don't have a variety of um, metas to choose a list that you think is really cool right to for learn your, from from your meta yeah so we were talking about that earlier though how you're not going to win worlds if you're playing a style different than your personality right or your brain yeah there's you definitely know, like some... you you gotta you gotta play a good deck but yeah. you you know yep. you have to play your game yeah and there's some nuance in there right like you can't play you could play your deck but if it's still the one that has the bad matchup against the most prominent deck, you're going to have a much harder time. Oh, yeah. Totally, right? totally. You know, so there's that in there. Um, all right. Do you think there's anything else you want to talk about in terms of state of the game? Or at least maybe let's talk about, we could talk about where we can see the game kind of moving forward in 2021. And then that'll bring us to our Monarch speculations, our further Monarch speculations. Oh, I'm pretty excited for that. Okay, cool. Um, I did have one question for you because I've seen some gripes about this online too on uh, just the rarity of legendaries. Mm-hmm. I think it's about one in four boxes. Or it's like one in every 96 packs. Right, so it's one totally in four, random, right? right? Yeah. But it just seems... It seems like, like I said, you kind of need the legendary for your deck to play against decks. Like, definitely, you don't need it to get wins, right? But just to, like, show up in Swiss and be competitive and win overall, it seems like you need the legendary for your deck. Yeah, right? to unlock and the, they're like class and stuff. Yeah, fairly rare. Right. Um, I love the Fabled cards because they're excellent, but you can only have one in your deck, and right. they're you don't need them to win right but um it seems to me that legendaries could be you know one in every 30 packs or one in every 50 packs or something like that um just because of their necessity well um what's your question what do you think about that (laughs) oh okay uh i think it's fine i think that it's just part of the business plan of the game for the secondary market and that in this next year that we are in 2021 we will see a competitive um sidestep from the legendaries right so i think i've said this on an episode before but that we will get gear or cards that make it so you could choose a deck that is still viable competitively without findal's tunic Oh, right. I was thinking of the class-specific legendaries. Or like um, uh, scabskin leathers, right? That you will have another option that will give you a different type of play style. You mean like a majestic alternative to grasp of the art or whatever? Yeah, totally. Something like that or even a rare piece of equipment. Gotcha. That's That's more viable than an iron rot piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or a goliath gauntlet or something like that. Or maybe it has an interesting alternate ability that is even better in your like weird build yeah totally yeah i think that those um legendary pieces of equipment are always going to be good right and they should be designed that way that they should always be good um because then why would you make legendary pieces of equipment if they're not always going to be good right um but for the sake of the game and new players they would it would be beneficial for them to design other pieces of equipment for different play styles 
and that sort of thing, right? Totally. And because we can see that, sorry to cut you off, but we can see how that is possible in Blitz, right? Where the game is much shorter, the format's slightly different, and you're working towards kind of one kind of concise pared down deck, right? Because you don't get a sideboard, so it has to do something really, really well. Yeah. And so we could see that happen in Classic Constructed, perhaps. And with, again, with the release of Unlimited and then an upcoming release, the price dropped to 80 bucks a legendary from yeah, it's pretty 250, reasonable. 650, 1500 is like yeah. much, much better. Yeah. But. And it might even drop lower too after this other reprint or as the year goes on, as we get into the summer and that sort of thing. Anything else before we talk about some more Monarch speculations? Um, yeah, I just wanted to give uh, LSS props for their huge effort. And um, I mean, they send out, you know, these massive packages and gifts to, uh, you know, content creators and stores. And they've been making a huge effort, um, you know, to keep to keep the game loved throughout mm-hmm. this very long COVID pandemic. You know, they've been doing a very good job. They have a Christmas... Uh, statement on their website if you want to go read it but um yeah you know just about keeping community alive and how Mm. appreciative they are of everybody yeah totally it's a really great letter and there's some um really there's a really fun mural piece of artwork to go along with that that you can sit and stare at like I did for maybe a whole hour trying to figure out, is this an LSS employee or is this a future class that we're going to have? <laughs> Which was pretty fun. Tell me your secrets. Yeah, totally. Just like enhance, enhance, enhance. Hmm. Is that a real person or a caricature? Uh, I don't know. I guess a caricature is like a artist rendition of a person. Anyway. Um, in that same vein, also our, the community has been pretty, uh, of course, much more than in any game I've ever played. I've seen like so many uh, online tournaments, like Tabletop Simulator, mm-hmm. um, webcam. People just want to play over webcam like all this. Like People have been pretty tenacious about keeping the games going. So keep it up. Great job. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. Props to you, community members. Um, all right. So let's talk about our speculations about Monarch. All right. Let's dive into it. Okay, go ahead. Um, so we already covered this a little bit, but we're just going to like fire away because mm-hmm. we love talking about... Totally. And we're like, you know, partway through the beverages we poured for ourselves. So this is the perfect time for speculation, you know? <laughs> Lube What's going to happen? Yeah. All right, do you want to start with like character or you want to start with lore? Okay, so this is my... I'm just... Because I... This is my big theory here, right? Excellent. So, it, so you initi- heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, all 50 of you. And, and you six people from Germany and three people from Finland. Um, so when I initially got into this game, I so I recruited everybody into the battle quartet or the battle bubble. Yeah, thank you for uh, introducing us to this game. Totally. You're welcome. I almost wrote this game off, though, because of the fact that I could not figure out why the hell Katsu the Wanderer is stabbing Dorinthia in the face. Like, why is that? Right, like every time we walk down the road and meet each other, it's like a showdown. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
And like, where does this weird undead Arknight come in? And why is he fighting this um, uh, redheaded inventor woman? Right. Right. They each have like a pretty cool backstory and flavor kind of. Right. But why are they all duking it out all the time? Exactly. So this is my big theory is that Monarch is, this is not that big. If you're like, I told my wife this, I was like, I think I've cracked it. <laughs> and then I told her this story and she was like, and then I was like, oh no, that's, that was it. <laughs> so, so don't get your hopes up right now, yeah. even though I'm, you don't have to like sit down or anything. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Okay. So Monarch, because James White has said like, this is what they originally designed the game for, right? Is Monarch is the completion and the start of the design of the game that that is also tied into the story. So that the word monarch, I believe, it, it, my theory is is indicative of that there is going to be a certain person, kind of like a Saruman or a Genghis Khan, some sort of conqueror who has decided that they are the monarch of Wraith and are like trying to conquer the entire continent. And then that is why now that there are all of these colorful characters from different parts of the land who are going to do battle with one another. So my my deeper thought on that is it's somebody from the city of Seoul. So that Dorinthia on paper, right, this would be a nice little switcheroo, looks like the good person, right? Is like a shining knight, definitely for justice, but actually the rulers of Seoul, the city that she is from, are going to launch a military campaign against the rest of Wraith, right? And then that the, this creates like a large upheaval. And so now we have all of these different people and factions and parts of the continent um, trying to maintain their independence or side with the conqueror. And so then that gives the game kind of a bit more validity for why a uh, Runeblood Arknight is going to be fighting uh, an Azalea Ranger, right. right? Is that they are on separate sides or something like that. Totally. Of some sort of large conflict. Excellent. What? Are you psyched now? I, I am. So my take on this was pretty similar, but was that... Uh, the monarch, <clears throat> um, for some reason, right in whatever, um, there's some sort of gladiatorial match, right? right? So all of these characters have to fight each other in single combat. Right. Or ultimate pit fighter, if that's your jam. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, and it, this doesn't match all of their personalities, but, you know, in whatever movies they're people are forced to be gladiators whether they mortal combat street fighter gladiator gladiator (laughs) blood sport totally yeah good people just being gladiators (laughs) and bad people yeah totally but anyway so i was imagining okay sorry i was imagining this um all these characters in some sort of uh arena fight to the death for the monarchs 
uh, reward or glory or pleasure or whatever. You know, I don't I don't know if he's good or bad or what's happening here, but um, just because of the oh right yeah of course yeah um because of the nature of this game that's kind of how it feels you're in single combat right you're either in some sort of wild west showdown some sort of medieval meet on the road in your mortal enemies mm-hmm. or you're in some gladiatorial arena you right. know yeah um, or there's it, no there's no friends it's an afro samurai situation where you just gotta kill all the other assassins to become get the number one headband you know totally I mean, completely reasonable reward <laughs> for doing that well and revenge or and like, stuff it's a great animation you're like it. you know gently the one whatever i don't know yeah, you just so gotta like, kill everybody else yeah um and so that also led us down to this other tangent where i th- we think that a new card type they could introduce would be battlefields right so they they've created this whole world in this land but we don't really have any way to interact with it or flesh it out, <laughs> really. Blood it out, if do you, you will. Th- do you think we make that pun joke once an episode at least? Right? I can't. I I probably do it on purpose the first two times and then <laughs> that. Can't not do it. That verb is just in my vocabulary too much now. Yeah, totally. So anyway. So anyway, I think a new card type will be like a battlefield. Right. Right. So you'll come to the battle, right? And it'll be a card in your deck and you'll get to draw it and then play it out. And then it'll say, you know, like soul, the wildlands, right? And it'll have a a specific effect that both players will get to utilize. And we see this a lot in other games that there is like a card that's statically out there that affects kind of both players but it's either like sometimes it starts outside of your deck or it's part of your deck and you have to find it and play it right and then that would just be a way for them to kind of uh add some mechanics and evoke the land of wraith into the game right so like pokemon does that with stadiums like you can play viridium forest and it allows you to go find an energy. And then somebody can counter that with like Chaos Gem or something. I don't even think those are from the same sets or whatever. But <laughs> but then now that has there's a different stadium, has a different ability that both players could utilize. Right? Rather than it being so specific to the class. It would be specific to the region or something. Right. And I'm pretty psyched on this idea. Um, yeah. So how I imagined it, it was like, so a neutral battlefield, right? Not like if you win the roll off, you get yours in some sort of home court advantage. I was imagining like, uh, you know, and this could be, uh, totally off or changed or whatever, but like, so, you know, so if you're fighting in a flat plains, you know, Azalea could have a, like a longbow ability where you get a kill shot from long range or like, um, mechanologists could like assemble items together or something mm-hmm. or if it's a mountainous region you know azalea could evade or um you know mechanologists could you know have drones carry her to the high ground where she gets to shoot you from above or whatever you know somehow you interact with the terrain type you're currently fighting on right yeah something like that something because they why else have this giant continent in this lore book right and not tie it in to uh, the gameplay, right? 
which the artwork is already kind of doing that a little bit, right? Um, there's this really great Instagram account. It's like the art of fab. Um, I will look it up and tell it specifically, but they kind of go over specifically like the different art styles um, and make connections between certain cards. If you see the same um, thing in card to card and that sort of thing. And, and that has been um, tickling my imagination side of my brain uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's fab TCG, fab underscore TCG dot art. If you were the person running this channel, great job. I love what you're doing, right? Like they did this one thing with Cavden um, where you can see in the background the kind of like key ring hooks that are on snag, right? So it, it points that type of thing out to you. Oh, awesome. Right. Nice. So that snag guy got those from Cavden. Maybe. maybe. Or from the same yeah, manufacturer. Right. So then there's like some sort of story there that we're talking about. And so they could do the same thing, right, with the actual land of the game, which is like nice. Love it. Yeah, me too. Pretty psyched. It'd be great. I'm ready. <laughs> totally. And it makes sense, right? When you think about how um, Crucible of War is, you know, they talked about like preparing, getting your armory stuff together for this coming Battle. conflict yeah. that's happening, right? Um, so, yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be like too terrain or environment heavy. But just some sense of where you're fighting, I think, would be pretty fun. It's too bad they already made Monarch because this is just gold. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So what about... Um, so let us know what you think about that. Um, we'd love to hear from you. What do you think about the viability of new characters? Do you think that's going to happen? Um, I Not do you want that to happen or not, but do you think it's going to happen? New characters I mean, or new classes. I don't know Either what the one. probability is. Right. Um, I would love to see new characters within the same classes. I do not want to see new classes. Mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of room for creative development within these eight classes. Right. Or nine or ten or whatever. But, right. you know. And it, it would make... You'd get to use all your new cards in different ways. Right, like, so I know, you notice little things all the time, like, uh, Take Aim for Azalea, mm -hmm. um, talks about, um, not an arrow, but a ranger attack card, mm. right? Okay. Things like that. Yeah. Um, you could really branch out in all kinds of ways with any of the classes, Right. Right. Um, I don't think there's any need for new classes. And then I guess they would release certain classes in certain sets. I don't know how they'd do that. Maybe they'd nail it and it would be beautiful. But <laughs> yeah. I think it's already populated enough. I don't want you know more. Yeah. Sorry, let's what what's your take on no, that, this I think, debate? I think that's I think that's the way to go, right? Because we've seen in and all we can do is talk about what they have already done, which they have introduced new classes in their third set of the year, right? So we know they're aiming for um, three sets a year, right? And one of those sets is a supplementary set, 
right? And so right. that seems like more of a perfect... Every year, one will mm-hmm. be nice. Yeah, I think so. So we'll have like Monarch, and then I think the next one is codenamed Kingdom, maybe, is um, are going to be big, beefy sets. And then our third set for 2021 will be a supplementary set, and that will be a good time to add in new classes, right? Which makes sense, because it's closer to Christmas... Right, and that sort of thing, and you can have in more hero decks. I know on previous episodes, I thought maybe that we would get, um, well, I think I said new heroes, and that we would get new starters for new heroes, right? But I don't know if they're going to be new. I think we'll just get like a Kasai starter, right? Or a Data Doll starter right, right. for a classic constructed I will adult say hero. That the new Blitz characters are like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you know, it's like nice to have that. Yeah, and and even these if these like unfleshed out options, you know, they're like totally new and pretty unexplored, except like Ira, I guess. But yeah, Ira has quite a bit of lore and no, I mean and, in terms playing. of just developing their yeah. gameplay. Oh you yeah, know? yeah. Um, so new new characters, I think, are totally welcome. Yeah, um, and it makes sense, right? Like we still haven't seen another Runeblade. We don't have another Ranger. Yeah. Um, we don't have another guardian, right? right? Which, according to the artwork, I mean, Bravo is in zero of those cards. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? He's like a open shirt um, stage performer, and all of the guardian cards are gigantic knight people with huge weapons. Yeah. You know, and so we haven't seen that guardian. Um, we haven't seen uh, another wizard, perhaps. Right. Yeah, and all of these, uh, if you think about like... Oh, Pano. The... That's who we're going to see. Oh, yeah, totally. Right. They've been listening. Kano's little brother, Pano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to previous that novel. Actually, oh, look, you did? Look for that novel coming to stores. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but seriously, like all of these like characters' abilities are so integral to their play styles, right? Like yeah. Kano or Azalea mm-hmm. or rune blade or you know whatever that it's like if you made another character with a completely unique ability it would totally blow that class wide open so yeah totally like is so when you look at the rune blade lore right there are a few extra characters that wind up a part of viscerai's story right you have um his creator stutcliffe right is he going to be a character under the rune blade umbrella um he also runs into like the the woman who's on Read the Runes, I believe, is like a necromancer, right? And she like raises a bunch of undead that then Viscerai slaughters, like no problem, <laughs> Obviously. right? And there's also a cult in one of his stories. Like, are these then like going to be avenues for characters within Runeblade, or is that going to be a new, whole new class? You know, who knows? Well, I don't know. It's wide open. Totally. I think Runeblade is the only one that seems weird, right? It seems like there's only one Arknight shard and that there's only one Runeblade. In his lore, there's definitely only one. It's what it seems like, yeah. right? When um, Dead Summer does a great video when he spoiled for Arcane Rising Nebula Blade. Um, in its kind of history and that sort of thing. Definitely go take a listen to it. It's a really good story. 
Um, but that when Stutcliffe goes to the um, place where he makes viscerai, he takes just like this um, broken relic sword and the Arknight shard, right? Not a Arknight shard, the Arknight shard. So, I mean, who knows? Could the Arknight shard be again used to create another Arknight? Or I don't know. I think it's inside Viserai. Gotcha. So I'm not sure. Well, you could write, you know, he could be. I mean, yeah. Ritualized he, into another being, you know. Right, totally. He, one. I mean, he like ripped the spinal column out of a cultist and then, like, with the Aether power created Reaping Blade from it. So he could do that to, like, a whole person, probably. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it could be his assassin right hand or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, what would that? So we have Pano, Kano's little brother, and then <laughs> Viscerai is going to have a little sister. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Viscera. Viscera. Come, come back to us. Yeah, Viscera. We'll, we'll get something good. Right? And it'll be the character on meet and greet. Boom. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, yeah. She's kind of maniacal. Yeah. With her meat cleaver. Yeah. Um, so anyway, now we're just really spiraling off of the off the rails and that no this is what thing. we wanted to do though we're stoked to talk about monarch some more yeah totally it's gonna be a while too we might <laughs> talk about this again <laughs> yeah totally um so help us out get in touch with us let us know what you think are we idiots possibly are we geniuses also very possible right madness and what's that saying madness and genius are like go hand in hand or something like that if that's not already a saying i just made it up if that's not a mad genius thing to say i don't know what is totally okay final thoughts about this before we move on to our signature segments um i think one cool interaction i would like to see and this is coming from a non-wizard player but is some sort of wizard arsenal trickery um do explain further uh, so I feel like as wizard, I mean, you can like arsenal Voltic Bolt to like fire on your turn to apply some pressure. Um, you, you know, you can arsenal Blazing blazing Aether or whatever. There's like plenty of arsenal or, you know, uh, if you run any defense reactions. Yeah, Cindering um, Foresight's a good one to arsenal yeah, too. Yeah, totally. But um, I think uh, with the wizard's cool mechanics and uh, alternate reality <laughs> they operate in... <laughs> You know, yeah. Um, I think that some sort of cool a mechanic out of Arsenal would be interesting. Like I just what? feel like it's like expound un- un- on that a little bit more. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. I haven't been uh, like beyond brainstorming just... about what oh. this could be. So like, uh, so you play one spell that allows you to play another spell out of as an instant out of Arsenal, mm. or you know, just that's I, that's pretty benign, but right. something something that specifically mentions that right right because we do see cards or you can play this as an instant out of arsenal or you know again these are like pretty simple benign ideas but i just i didn't know you're gonna make me follow up so of course uh, (laughs) co-host lss can do a better job but the you know that that kind of um interaction with arsenal yeah totally. i think it could be developed with wizard it's the class i am most excited to see what cards will come out for it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that'll be really exciting okay do you have anything uh you want to add to cap off this tangent i don't know 
well, first, I don't know if it's a tangent, but I do think that um, we did it. <laughs> Sorry, Perfect. I'm trying to pull up the pitch zone no, that's here. That's a good, good summary. Yeah, totally. I Perfect. think uh, good uh, conclusion. Thank you. Know? <laughs> thank you. Eloquent <laughs> as ever. Okay, so um, moving on to our signature segments. So yours and mine, our favorite. Pick, pass, pray. So it's going to be a draft scenario. I'm going to give you three cards. You're going to pick one, pass one, and pray that you get the third one back for later. And so we're going to use the draft simulator from the pitch zone for me to pick randomly three cards from. Nice. So First time our, ever. This totally. is different. This is going to be our new format. So you'll get to choose. Do you want to draft Welcome to Wraith? Or Arcane Rising? Arcane Rising. Okay, Arcane Rising. All right, here we go. Boom, start draft. All right, so let's see what we have here. Um, okay, here we go. Which one of these three would you like to pick, pass, or pray that you get back later? Yellow Irina's Prayer, right? And so that reads, it's pitches for two, costs one, Defends for zero, attacks for zero. It's a generic instant. It says, reveal the top card of your deck. Prevent the next X arcane damage that would be dealt to your hero this turn, where X is five minus the pitch value of the card revealed this way. Right? So if you reveal the red, it would be block four. If you reveal the blue, it would be block two. Right. Our second card... Uh-oh. Oh, messed that up. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Fix it. Our second card is going to be a zipper hit. So it's a mechanologist card. Costs one. It's red zipper hit. Pitches for one. Attacks for five. Defense for three. And it just has boost. Right, so if you banish the top card of your mechanologist deck, um, it gains go again, and it has some pretty fun flavor text. It says, "Yes, yes, off you go, my tiny zipper wings. Take your gases to the masses, Maxwell." That's something I would like to see on more cards are flavor text. There is plenty. We just never read them. I read them sometimes. A lot of oh. cards don't have it. Yeah, that's true. Which is fine. You don't have to write me a a quip for every card but they're just really nice when they're there uh that's very true then the third card i've randomly chosen here is reverberate yellow so it's a wizard action defends for three costs one pitches for two it says deal two arcane damage to target opposing hero if reverberate deals damage you may banish a wizard non-attack action card from your hand with cost less than or equal to the damage dealt by reverberate if you do you may play it this turn as though it were an instant so which one isaac are you going to pick pass and pray that you get back later so we have yellow arena's prayer red zipper hit and yellow reverberate i'm going to pick red zipper hit okay um just because i it blocks for three I think boosting in draft is pretty nuts because odds are you don't have an entirely mech deck. 
and your deck is pretty tiny. Let's be real, you know? Yeah, except for that time recently when I beat you <laughs> pretty good as a boosting mechnologist totally. in a draft. Anyway. Definitely. Okay, cool. Um, good pick. And I'm going to pray Reverberate comes back around. Oh, so um, counter wizard picking. I, I just really want to play wizard in draft. And last <laughs> time, Troy and I were each picking mm. wizard cards, and yeah. I didn't have enough wizard cards <laughs> it's just a bummer um, um it also blocks for three and pitches yeah for two uh i don't think yellow reverberate is great but um in draft you know, it could yeah it could piece together your combo for sure um i also think yellow Irina's prayer um you don't know what your deck's going to be composed of right so you don't know what that top card's going to look like it doesn't block at all Mm-hmm. Um, blocking arcane in arcane rising draft is essential but i'm just gonna try to pick some null rune equipment and not have one out of my 30 cards be Irina's prayer that does not block and is very specific fair enough could be very useful but you know totally fair All enough right. let's hear your take okay i'm gonna pick Irina's prayer <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> yeah totally so odds are, right, that you run into Viscerai or a Wizard, right? So it's pretty useful, especially if the Viscerai player winds up with, like, a Mountain of Rune Chance. You can just, like, boom, right? Block some Rune Chance with that card instantly. Um, potentially more than you could with a card you pitch, right? Because it costs right. one, so you could do something cheeky where... You pitch a blue, block two, and then block the rest with the prayer. Right. Right. Which would for be, only one card. Yeah, for pitching one card yeah. and playing one card, which would be pretty good. Um and then and because I know I've taken the Irena's prayer, I'm gonna pray that reverberate comes back to me and then take the wizard cards. <laughs> right. And then it's I'm really just, just hamstring this arcane, <laughs> yeah, arcane totally. players. Totally. I have all the null runes. I have all the Irena's prayers and all the arcane damage. Nice. You guys are screwed. <laughs> Don't then, really have a deck, but. We're <laughs> 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 just going to put cracked baubles. Um, and then I'm going to pass the zipper hit. Excellent card, um, but doesn't allow me. I don't want to commit really to a class just yet just hate drafting a bit well if i'm praying that reverberate gets back to me if it doesn't i'll make a separate play right but just that there's a generic i'm going to pick the generic over the class cards fair enough you are a better draft player than i am so thank you you know whoever's listening odds are maybe taylor's right on this one (laughs) (laughs) thanks buddy oh you're welcome it's true Okay, so our next signature segment is a game from the closet. So last time it was my turn, so now it is your turn to pick one game from our game closet, our hypothetical shared one. And we play a lot of games. We love a lot of games. So we just like to... uh, Share a game. Share a game. This is not the best game in the world. You know, it's just like we just want to share a game we love. Totally. Um, So this is a game I played with Mitch and my sister. Um all the way through it's kind of a uh uh, what do you call it a legacy game yeah um is uh my game's near and far Mm -hmm. which is you're each an adventurer and start in a town and you can branch out and have 
adventures on your own. And you, uh, it comes with this nice book where each, each page or each two pages is a map. And you play on that map and then the next game you turn the page and you have a new map to play on. And I think you play 10 rounds total. And um, you accumulate points and are playing against each other in that way. But it's like every game is really fun because you just go on your own adventures, right? Yeah. And interact to some degree. But um, it's a pretty light game. As far, I mean, not as light as, you know, Monopoly. But, you know, just as far as hardcore board games go, it's like, you know, if you want to, like, have a glass of wine or whatever and just, like, have a little adventure and, like, don't really care if you win but have a blast doing it, it's pretty fun. Yeah, and um, the the quests are randomized, and um, I've played quite a few times and have like almost never got repeat quests. Oh, fine. Myself, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, in um, the designer of that game um, also made Above and Below, which is a similar style. Nice. Yeah. Totally. Which one came first? Above and Below. Okay, so near and far is the newer version. Yeah, the sequel. The, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, well, it's a pleasant little game from what I understand. Yeah. So if you just, yeah, want to romp around and have a blast. You know? Go for it. <laughs> I mean, I love adventuring and drinking wine. Yeah. Or what are you? Totally. <laughs> that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we don't have a riddle me this. Uh, oh, damn. I did not prepare that again. Uh, it's okay. That segment might die. It's fine. Until we get a new influx of cards. Yeah, that's fair. It's been a long time since we got some new cards. I'll have a riddle me this next episode. I promise. Well, okay. Hold yeah, him to it. I if will. he doesn't, uh, if we had a Twitter account, you could send us hateful Twitters. Tweets? Twitters? Tweets. Twitters. I'm sure it's tweets. Yeah, I'm sure it is too. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm an internet personality. <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, that's our show. Thank you for listening. Um, find us on Facebook at the Attack Action Podcast. Instagram, same name, right? We're on Google as well as Spotify. Um, so if you don't like the Spotify app, you can uh, use Google. Look for us on YouTube for our gameplay videos at the Attack Action Podcast. Email us at the exact same name right. at Gmail. More uh, like more YouTube content to come very soon, as well as more Instagram stuff, and you know, we're expanding. Yeah, totally. We're working on it. Yep, we're um, we're doing it. Is there anything would you like to talk about? Oh. Upcoming episodes or our upcoming tournament, or maybe just we'll cover that next episode. Yeah, right? we'll cover that next episode. We got uh, just so we don't pigeonhole ourselves into any yeah, sort of release enough. schedule. Keep it fluid. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And, and keep you guys on the edge of your seats with white knuckles. Yeah, exactly. If you can think of what our fan base should be called, the <laughs> attack or action. Oh, God. I don't know. We'll, we'll try to think of it <laughs> off air for a little bit. And then the get action audience. No, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's awful. God. Okay. Uh, the attack action audience podcasters (laughs) or something we'll have we'll 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 only improve action fans i don't know (laughs) jesus all right well 
on that note, you you always got to end on a strong note. Oh, know? really? Yeah, totally. Oh, I think we just nailed it. Uh, oh, great, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> a perfect pod, one might say. Right. Good night, everyone. Oh, good night or good evening, which is the same thing, or good morning, but goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>